Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, June 24th, 2022. Lately, we've been looking at a time in David's life that was clearly one of suffering. And along with that, we've been looking at psalms that David wrote within that context of suffering. And we're going to get more of that today. And today, one of the things we want to see is when you're in a time of suffering, which, uh, again, not all of us have experienced our sons trying to kill us and overthrow our kingdom— But we all experience suffering. And what I want us to note, especially today, is these Psalms are going to point us to, here's some things to hold on to. When you're going through a hard time, when you're going through even opposition from other people, what can you hold on to? And God's Word is going to give us some direction today. So let's consider our Old Testament reading, starting with 2 Samuel 16. That'll give us some of the historical context Uh, for what we're seeing here, and then looking at two Psalms, 26 and 40. 2 Samuel 16 picks up the action with Absalom's conspiracy, and most of what we see here is David now fleeing Jerusalem, and we read about a couple interactions that he has. The first is with this man named Ziba. Ziba is uh, the servant of Mephibosheth, who you remember was this lame son of Jonathan that David shows kindness to, and now Ziba comes, and what we're going to see that uh, Ziba actually is lying here. He comes and he tries to throw his master under the bus, uh, likely in a way that is not true, uh, but to get some advantage from David. And, and David there, you see, says, belong all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. And what, at least the claim from Mephibosheth later is going to be, I'm lame. How could I get to come talk to you? But my servant goes and spreads these lies about me. Uh, Perhaps the even more interesting interaction is with this man named Shimei. And we see him. He was from the family of the house of Saul. And he curses David. And he says, get out. Get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Now, what I find very interesting about that is that's a lot of that's like a lot of criticism today. There's a little bit of truth, though, that then is twisted and weaponized and used in ways that, frankly, just are not true. Uh, is, was David considered a man of blood? Well, even we see that's one of the reasons why he does not end up building the temple. Uh, but then that gets twisted to saying, you know, God is avenging on you the blood of the house of Saul. Whoa, time out. That is entirely an unfair accusation of David. David was not trying to kill King Saul or his house. 
King Saul was trying to kill David. And we've already read multiple instances where David could have killed King Saul, but he did not. He resolved he would not raise his hand against the Lord's anointed. So you see this untrue, unfair criticism against David. And that's something that you'll experience maybe even lots of times in suffering, where people are saying things about you that you might say, well, this part is true, but then, whoa, whoa, this is totally untrue and unfair uh, to me. And and we we see so much of that uh, here. And, And then Abishai basically says, hey, let me go take this guy's head off. And David says, no. And again, David kind of disproves this whole idea. You're a man of blood. Well, your accusation's over the top because if I really was a man of blood, I would kill you right now. But I am not. And we know that some of this is consequences for David's sin, especially as Absalom comes into Jerusalem and takes David's concubines and pitches a tent on the roof of the palace, right? And uh, all that goes on there, that's a response to the prophecy that Nathan uh, made in the wake of David's sin with Bathsheba. So a very painful time here for King David. And that's where maybe you can relate to some aspects of this, even if you're just thinking about the the unfair accusations or whatever else may be that, that comes into your mind. Uh, but Or maybe it's just some other kind of suffering. Maybe you have a medical problem. Maybe uh, you're just struggling with things that are going on in the world or your workplace, you are suffering. What are some things you can hold on to in those times? Well, that's where these two Psalms are really going to help us out today, because I think each one will highlight something that we should hold on to in a time of suffering. And first, we're going to see Psalm 26. And in Psalm 26, the thing I would encourage you to hold on to is integrity. In times of suffering, we should seek to hold on to integrity. Let's look at some of Psalm 26 here, where David says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. So there he's saying, God, I'm walking in integrity. Vindicate me. And even it ends, you know, with this resolve, but as for me, I shall walk in my integrity, redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great assembly. I will bless the Lord. And in the middle, he talks about things that he does not do. I don't sit with men of falsehood. I don't consort with hypocrites. I don't want to hang out with the wicked. I want to be innocent, proclaiming thanksgiving. I want to love your temple. I don't want to associate with sinners and do the things that they do. Now, that is something in a time of suffering, you should say, God, I want to do what is right. Even though I'm suffering and some people might use that as an excuse, even though people might be unfairly criticizing me and I want to lash back at them, no, God, I will hold on to integrity. I will hold on to doing what is right. And that's where even with David, we know he was not perfect and you are not perfect. David had sinned. You have sinned. But what we want to say is in those moments is, well, it's not about the sins of my past or the things I've done. What am I going to do right now? And God, I want to resolve to do what is 
right? And would you then help me even to do what is right and to vindicate me in this situation? So are you suffering? Because I think even suffering every time is going to bring certain temptations. Hold on to integrity. Say, God, help me to do what is right and not to give in to any of the temptations of suffering. Help me to be someone that rejects the way of the world, rejects the way of wickedness, and still continues to love you, love your house, love to do what you command me to do. Integrity there is that first thing. Psalm 40, the thing I want us to notice really is worship. He holds on to worship. Uh, as song has that famous beginning, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And he goes on to really describe even, it's not just the sacrifices that God wants. He wants us to delight to do his will. And then we see that expressed in, I'm declaring this glad news in the great congregation. I'm praising you. And so that's where I think we need to hold on to worship. And notice here, even worship has a, has a sense of proclamation. Worship is not just something you do in your heart all by yourself necessarily, but worship sometimes will take this form of declaring the greatness of God to others, whether that's something done through fellowship with other Christians or really uh, we need to think of evangelism as worship because you are declaring the greatness of God and his works to the world. So again, in suffering, hold on to worship and even hold on to the opportunity through your suffering to declare the greatness of God and his goodness to others. Uh, in those moments, uh, use those opportunities as people look at you and say, wow, you're suffering. For them also say, wow, but you're still praising God. Well, what is up with that? And that's one of the reasons why even as a pastor, one thing we, we have to do from time to time is go to the hospital and visit someone who is struggling or, or suffering or maybe even on their deathbed. And that's where people are like, oh, that must be hard as a pastor. And there are ways it's difficult, but I often say, I usually leave I think receiving more encouragement than I gave because it's amazing as you go and you see Christians in these moments of intense suffering, yet in there, they're, they're declaring the, the greatness of God. They're seeking to evangelize other people in the hospital and tell them about how good God is. Oh, what an, I've seen so many incredible examples of that in ministry. And I hope that's the kind of example all of us will be when we face suffering. So in suffering, hold on. Hold on to integrity and hold on to worship, declaring the greatness of God. Let, let's briefly look at our New Testament reading. We finished the book of James, which again, we think was written early on. So now we go back and pick up kind of the history narrative that takes us well beyond the life of Christ into the history of the early church. And we pick it up back in Acts 15. So this is in between uh, or after Paul's first missionary journey and kind of his sending church was there in Antioch. And there's this controversy uh, basically, where people are saying, hey, you need to be circumcised to be saved, basically. And that's something that always elevates a theological debate. I mean, there's a lot of things that I'll debate about theology that I look at the person that I'm disagreeing with and I say, hey, he's my brother or sister or she is my sister in Christ. 
And we might disagree about this, and one of us is right and one of us is wrong, unless we're both wrong. But at the end of the day, we're not saying, hey, if you don't agree with me, you're not saved. But there are some issues that come up where we say, hey, this is a a salvation issue. These are the most important theological issues we need to make sure we have clarity on from the scriptures. And that's what comes up here. Hey, whoa, there's this big question. Do you need to be circumcised to be saved? We need to answer that question. And that's what you're going to see happen in this chapter. They're going to answer that question. And that's where I hope some things you see is, hey, there are things that we really need clear answers to because they are issues of are you saved or not? And hopefully you can also have some understanding as you read this chapter of this controversy, because it's easy for us now, especially you've already read through maybe the whole Bible, you've read Galatians, Romans, you know, of course you don't need to be circumcised to be saved. But that probably was a bigger question. There's a reason why it was so debated in their culture where it might not be a big question for you, where that had been such an important part of the old covenant, such an important symbol uh, for the people of Israel. Israel, it's probably was more of a uh, a significant question maybe than we give it credit to. It needed an answer. And and through the leadership of the apostles and the church, they they give a clear answer. Even again, they look to scripture as they quote here from the Old Testament and uh, they, they say clearly, no, you do not need to be circumcised to be saved. And so that's a, a big question. I mean, really, that, that'll, we'll come back to that as we read Galatians and read Romans, an important theological question uh, that, that will have implications. But you see some of the history behind that debate as we read Acts chapter 15 today. So whatever you're going through today, and especially if you are suffering or if you're not suffering today, you will be experiencing some kind of suffering soon enough. In those times, hold on to integrity, hold on to worship and declaring the greatness of God. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.